Good evening, welcome to the Cinefreak Show, episode number 8, I believe. My name's Andy, with me tonight is... It's Marcus. And, um, how you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, getting over the, uh, the bug. Getting over the lurgies. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, what film have we got tonight, Gary? Good evening, my delicious friends. My name is the Vincent 9000. Welcome. Is that Vincent Price? Uh, it, it sounded like him, didn't it? sounded it? a lot like, what's, what's happened to Gary? He's been swapped for Vincent Price. Has he been watching a few films? Oh, he, he must have been watching, like, Full House of the Usher or something. Why? Wow, okay. Yeah. It's Halloween, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. That's, yes, I see now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Can we keep him? Yeah, why not? <laughs> we'll see what Gary says. All right, Vincent, um, what film we got tonight? Good evening, my delightful friends. Tonight... I, the Vincent 9000, shall transport you into the realm of the mysterious and macabre. In response to your inquiry, Andy and Marcus, I unveil for your delectation the chilling 1957 masterpiece, Night of the Demon. Prepare for a journey into the shadows, where ancient malevolence meets unsuspecting souls. This cinematic gem is a testament to horror's enduring power to captivate and terrify. I implore you, my dear listeners, to join us as we delve into the eerie depths of horror. Our hosts await to guide you through this enigmatic tale, where fear and fascination collide. But first, let us revel in the trailer. It has been written since the beginning of time that evil, supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness. And it is also said, man can call forth these powers of darkness, the demons of hell. It is the night of the demon. And tonight is the night that Dana Andrews as a daring scientist, defies the mysterious, murderous devil cult in a desperate battle against the demons of hell. Oh, why did you drop the poker? Red hot. It isn't, you know. Oh, my boy, you're as pale as death. There was something in here. He has been chosen. I've been chosen for what? What do you mean? Yeah, uh, Night of the Demon. <clears throat> Night of the Demon, 1957. 1957, yeah. So, uh, a black and white film <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, by a talented director. Uh, yeah, Jacques Tournier. Jacques Tournier, yeah. Uh, a man with uh, a CV. Yes, well, he's he's probably best known for this and or, stroke or, um, Cat People. Cat People, The yes. original Cat People. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, which is a classic. But also... Because you know we'll, we'll get in trouble if we don't mention it. He he's he directed Out of the Past, which is one of the great films. Right. Okay. Ten years earlier than this, I think forty-seven. Right. Okay. So yeah, I mean we're talking like grade A director here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Carry on. All right. So <clears throat> on tonight's film, um, we have a uh, a plot based around. Um, this sort of conflict of man um, in terms of modern society right. versus um, well, the old world. Skepticism versus the supernatural. Superstition, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Uh, basically, <laughs> it's to do with uh, demonology, demons, right? right. And uh, people who believe, and uh, people who don't believe, right? And uh, basically, how those two parties come together, mm -hmm. and uh, what ensues, really. Well, what ensues is bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're if you're the victim, yeah. If if you've been marked, your card has been marked, as they say, right? Then uh, yeah, it's not it's not, not going to end too well. No, starring, starring Dana, Dana Andrews, Dana Andrews, uh, who's one of those interesting actors. Um. Wasn't an A-lister, but did a lot of films. Yeah, good, um, good films. Good films, yeah. And he wasn't a great actor, but he was a very reliable actor, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, likeable. Slightly rugged look about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, sort of smooth, uh, you know, easygoing, easy charm. Right, right. It, it just, uh, yeah, a reliable presence. Um, and he plays our, our lead, George. Dr. John Holden. Dr. John Holden, yes, a clinical psychologist, mm -hmm. if, I, if I'm correct. That's right. And his big thing, his USP, as they say, is uh, writing about basically how all superstition is bullshit. And, you know, he's, he's Mr. Ration. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Mr. You know, psychologist, modern science, you yeah. know. Uh, he just believes all this this stuff of the supernatural, uh, you know, is uh, is a product of the mind. He's he, well, I suppose nowadays they would call him a, a debunker, wouldn't they? Yes, yes, indeed, yeah, they would. Yeah. Um, so he's coming out. Well, he's the lead, but actually we don't see him first. Well, firstly we see uh, over the credits, the opening credits, we see Stonehenge. Yes, we do. Yeah. So that's like a big dollop of hint that you know we're going back in time. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of the old world stuff going on here and you know it is old world versus new world in a lot of ways the old ways the old you know uh folklore and all the rest of it versus our you know american new world rational psychologist so there's all that going on but he isn't the first thing we see first thing we see is another uh doctor yes dr harrington Right, and he's in trouble. He, he he looks a bit stressed. He's it's late at night, and uh, actually, sorry, Professor Professor Harrington. Yes, you're correct. Yes, indeed. Um, so he's in his little fifties car, and yep. uh, he's hurrying along the the road, mm -hmm. uh, B road, uh, yep. through the forest, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, he's trying he's trying to get somewhere. Yeah, he's off to see um, the main our uh, main baddie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Julian Carswell. Dr. Carswell, yes. He's absolutely not Alistair Crowley. No, in no way, shape, or form. There's no references there. Not at all. He clearly is Alistair Crowley. Well, he's, an, he's a sort of Alistair Crowley light. Yeah. Um, a, bit of a, a bit of a reference point, isn't he? Well, I, I say that because um, Alistair Crowley, 1957, and I think this applies now, to be perfectly honest, he was the only household name occultist. So, you know, Crowley gets riffed on a lot in films. Mm -hmm. um, Devil Rides Out is another good example of a Crowley kind of figure. Yeah. Um, you know, he keeps cropping up. Crowley keeps popping up. And, he, and you know, you look at the name, you know, Alistair Crowley, Julian Carswell. Yeah, it's uh, similarities there. It's got the same rhythm and all the rest of it. So, yeah, he's our bad guy. And basically, Professor Harrington is on his way to, to plead with Crowley. Yes, yeah. Well, cars. Well, I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I beg your pardon. That's not going to be the last time I do that. 
so yeah he, he he's going there because he's had a change of heart mm-hmm. he was uh, just like uh our um Daniel our main Martin, man uh, holden uh, uh, dr holden yeah he's a skeptic so yeah. he's a very mo- modern um you know well he's been thinker. sniffing around as well so he has basically challenged uh carswell and his so-called cult that uh, that, that, that he presides Devil over cult. yeah that he presides over um you know uh, what they were what they were doing was you know uh, hocus pocus uh, mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. uh, and he basically he was ridiculing carswell and you know being the kind of pompous satanists that they are well, uh, that satanists goes are, to the job uh, you know he, he was never any of that right and uh, basically he, he put a curse on uh, right. on on uh, professor professor harrington right harrington. so we're we're kind of seeing the end of a cycle of a story yeah. Yeah. um uh, where basically Harrington's about to get screwed because his his time's up. The, the demon's about to arrive. Yeah, obviously, you know, some some things have happened that have made him change change his view uh, drastically. Right, uh, and he's basically pleading for his life. Well, what we're seeing, what we don't actually realise, what we're seeing is a cycle which is about to repeat itself mm-hmm. uh, with our main hero, which you know, it's a great sound. Um, basically, he's. Crowley, I'm not. I'm not Carswell. doing that on purpose. Carswell. Dr. Oh, Julian Carswell. Yeah, for God's sake, Carswell. <laughs> it's Carswell. <laughs> Honestly, I, Carswell's put a curse on him. Basically, saying a demon's going to turn up in a week and and <clears throat> ruin your day. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do. About it. Nothing you can do about it. And it turns out the week's up. Yeah, yeah. So that was on the eve or the end of the of, of the week. So right. he started to get enough sort of indication something's not right. It's right. about to happen to him that he makes a dash to Carswell to basically plead for his life. Right. And so then he Carswell tells him to bugger off. And, yeah, you know, it's too late, mate. Yeah, you, know, you, you insulted me, and you know your time's up anyway. So right. uh, yeah, you know, right. You can, you, can you please leave now? And uh, you know, write your will or whatever you need to do. Right. You get home in time. <laughs> time. So so he rushes rushes off in the car. Mm. And it's, this is, we kind of get the whole sort of visual character of this film, which is, it's a night scene, mm. but it's lit in a very, I, I keep going back to film art, but it's it's that, what do they call it, caracusa, that very, you know, high contrast, very yeah. deep blacks and, and yeah, you know, it's very much like that, very much. So cinematography, if you're into <clears> your... Um, you know, you know, noir type films. This, yeah. this is this is right up your yeah, it's, right up your alley. It's, it's brilliantly shot, and it adds for, to the atmosphere. It definitely adds to the atmosphere, and you know, yeah. So he runs. He, he drives off in the car. He just about gets home. He does. He gets home, and he's got a, a, a garage. Mm-hmm. So he just pulls into the garage and uh, gets out of the car. And at kind of at that moment, he's heading towards the door, isn't he? And yep. that's that's when. Ah, oh, bugger. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Something well, starts to appear. The way the demon sort of turns up in this film is kind of his signature, I think. It's the thing that you remember about the monster more than the monster itself, I think, mm. honestly. Yeah. And it's this sort of flash of light or this beam of light from the distance and this kind of smoke effect. Yeah, yeah, evolving Smoke, billowing smoke. If yeah, that's, that's right. Sort of this, sort of, you know, unnatural plume, um, and that's where the demon emerges and chases you down. So you know, it's not like a, 
you know, one you, one and you're done. This you see your death coming, basically. Yeah, he starts to emerge from the, in the distance. Yeah, and you say <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. You ain't hiding because this bugger's big. <coughs> yeah, yeah. This is no small demon. <coughs> what way has he got to be? Fifty foot tall. This thing. He's got to be. He's got to be like a Godzilla contender. Um. So yeah, he's and he kind of gets tangled up, isn't he? In, so what he tries to do. In, in panic, he tries to jump back in his car, yeah, reverse out, but he's in such a state of panic, he hits a telegraph pole. Right, right. And that crashes down on his car. Right. And he tries to get out as the demon's coming towards him. And, you know, he's just got tangled up in all the cables and he gets electrocuted and sort of um, serrated by the demon. Basically, this thing's got <laughs> claws on it. Yeah, some, some <clears throat> and then some, yeah. Uh, yeah, it don't go well. It does not end well. He gets rendered, shall we say. He really does. And bear in mind, this is 57. Mm. I struggle to think of a horror film that kind of invoked that large-scale kind of terror. I mean, there's a lot of B-movies that have big monsters, but it, I think this has got to be one of the most effective of that period. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of creeping doom element. Right, as well as well as the reveal, they got they got that right, right, didn't they? They do all the work necessary to make this thing more than just a big plastic monster. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's a spectral aspect to it. This is right. it's a conjuring. This, yes. is, this is not just something that lives in the woods. Or right, no, I wouldn't want to live near it. Um, so yeah, so that's our kind of our bookend. This is this is the threat that's going to repeat itself. At, you know, towards the end of the film, mm. but of course, you know. Our hero is completely oblivious to this. Yeah, it's coming it's coming from America. Coming from America um, on a transatlantic flight, which would still have been fairly exotic in 57. Yeah. yeah. Um, Only professors and important people and movie stars right. and, and, and the like, you know. Yeah. Well, this, this, that way. this is pre-jet. Um, you know, so he's on the old prop plane coming up. God, I don't know how long that must have taken, by the way. Maybe 12 hours. <sighs> Hell of a journey, but... But he's anyway. He's on the plane, and um, there's a kind of a comedy, sort of light comedy thing going on, where uh, the daughter of the man we've just killed is on the yeah, plane so behind. Him. A, oh no, sorry, the niece. I there's a coincidence going is it there. Niece or yeah, the daughter? It's a niece, right? So there's a coincidence that's be, being built there that, right. that you don't know about until later. But we've kind of spoiled it a little bit for you. Well, the thing is, well, it's fine. 57 people would have known the actress Peggy Cummings was quite well known mm. so they would have known well she's going to play a part love interest possibly well, you know movies. something like that although she doesn't play she doesn't play like the soft or silly female she's no she's a niece of a professor so she's part of the sort of uh, post-war um, independent woman type right she's quite straightforward yeah no nonsense type of woman and she's trying to get work done isn't she yeah, she's on the plane. She's trying to do some late night work, but Holden is trying to get some sleep. So she's behind him, knocking into his chair and stuff like that. So, right. you know, it's, it's just, you know, air travel. Yeah. What can you do? Um, so there's a bit of an irritation set up between them right. uh, there. Uh, I actually thought they were going to do more with that. Yeah, I And they it, don't. Yeah, the kind of, it fades out a little bit, doesn't it? it yeah. It, I thought it was going to be a bit of a confrontation. Yeah. Kind of, but, and I'm quite, I'm quite glad, actually, because I've seen that played out a million times. It's kind of boring. But, yeah, it's, I think they're just, it's like, well, what are we going to do with a scene about plane travel? We've got to make it, you know, it, it's just a way of making it a bit more entertaining for a few minutes. 
Um, but yeah, so he's coming over. He's coming over to discuss um, why demonology and all the rest of it is a load of rubbish because that's what he's into. And he's 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 coming over to Britain to to give a lecture on it. Indeed. So that, in fact, was what um, Professor Harrington was was part of. He was part of that lecture circuit as well. I think right. he was going to go to this conference, but you know, Carswell said, "No, you, you don't go. go. You, you, you've been bad mouthing me." Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sorry about that. But yeah. Well, he wasn't he going to expose the cult? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. That that was the whole point because to prove, you know, you know, from his skeptical point of view, this is uh, you know. <laughs> Car, uh, Car, Julian Carswell as a charlatan, right? Basically, <clears throat> a cult, cult leading charlatan. Boy, did he get that wrong! So you know, uh, <laughs> so you know, he, he he found out the hard way. But uh, obviously, our our hero protagonist, um, um, he, Dr. Holden, yeah, he's going there as, as well, um, and he's an arch skeptic as well. So, he, yeah. and he was a good friend of um, Professor um, Harrington, so he's <clears throat> he's upset now as well. Yeah, because he comes, he, he he lands. There's a sort of reception committee, That's right, yeah. um, and they they tell him that Carswell um, has been Har- ripped to pieces. Yeah, Harrington, Harrington's died. Oh, beg your pardon, Harrington, and and it had something to do with um, this mysterious character, sort of <coughs> Julian Julian uh, Carswell, not Alistair Crowley. <coughs> no, not at all. Um, but you know, he's like you know Holden's skepticism is going to take. A lot of, you know, he's going to take a lot of persuading. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so that, that's the whole tension of the thing, right. really. Yeah, his, his, you know, modern scientific skepticism versus you know ancient, you know, uh, folklore and magic right. and you know stories. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so we go. He, I think we go to the hotel, don't we? Um, and the sort of gathering of academics. Yes. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, there's a kind of Irish. Guy, Scottish guy, and right. his tweed. There was an Indian guy, right. um, and some others. Uh, I think it was uh, Harrington's secretary uh, was there. Right, guy. Yeah, and there's there's a sort of back and forth. Some are believers, some aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're establishing character. We're yeah. basically showing how what a skeptic that Holden is. Mm. This is what this is about, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. There's schools of thought. He's more the extreme skeptic and right. school of, school of thought, really. As he says, he's, he wrote a book about it. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's literally here to to promote his you know his work and his uh, his skepticism. Um, so that's you know we're establishing character. It's like how long. Will he hold out his beliefs hold out in the face of, you know, weirdness? Yeah, mounting contradictions to that <clears throat> to that point of view. Yeah. Right. So, uh, what they do next is, um, the, you know, the, the academics yeah. uh, they go to uh, Professor Harrington's funeral. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they have a small, you know, service. Right. Uh, they go and uh, you know pass by the body as you do, mm-hmm. like you know, show mm-hmm. your final respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, as he was coming away, uh, it's where um, Dr. Holden's, uh, sorry, Dr. Harrington's niece comes in, yep, Joanna. Uh, Joanna, and um, this is when they recognise each other now from the flight. Right. So this is the reason for the funeral, is to bring these two characters together. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and also to remind Holden that, you know, his mate's just been horribly... There's, there's something to this. There's, yeah. You know, this has gone more than academic talk. Right. So things have got a bit more serious. So, yeah, so these two kind of... we, we And she is... Um, she's not... She doesn't come over as gullible. She she basically wants to know what the hell happens. 
Yeah. And she kind of just takes a sort of straightforward investigational, that's a word, well, attitude. She, she has a copy. She, she has her, her uncle's right. uh, diary. Mm-hmm. So she's been reading through it. And obviously, keep a lot of what you know of Carswell and the cold. Right, there's a lot about Carswell in there. Yeah, so she, she she's got some bad vibes. Yeah, she knows what a type of person her uncle her uncle was. Right. Um. So yeah, she she's you know she's highly suspicious now of of, of Carswell. She and, is, and his, and his role in her, in her uncle's death. Right. She's convinced that he had something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, she's not like completely on board with the demon thing or anything. Yeah. She like doesn't that. really know. They don't really know that that's what was was the no. cause of anything. But you know, she knows that she's involved in some occult stuff. Right. You know, she's a fairly rational person, but she <clears> knows you know reputational wires and stuff like that. So he he was involved. In, in the death of her uncle somehow. Some right. She, like, Carswell's a bit dodgy, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then some. And then some. But they don't know the full extent, obviously. Um, do they? Does he go to the library after that? <coughs> yeah, I think because in the diary there was something to do with the Book of Demonology right. that uh, Professor Harrington had made There's reference this book, to. This elusive book. Yeah, of uh, sort of medieval demons and the, right. uh, the names and how you conjure them and, and, and so on. So, yeah, uh, Professor Holden goes to the world-famous British Library. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yes. <laughs> and strangely enough, their copy of this mysterious book is gone. It's gone missing, yeah. They don't. They can't trace where and how. You know, it's, it's not been booked out. No. But it's, it's, it's disappeared. Um, which <laughs> puts the librarian's nose out a little bit, just out of pride, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then Carswell turns up. Right, indeed, um, because it just so happens that Castle's the only person in the world that has the other copy, what the, hell? the personal copy of, of, of this book on demonology. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a, as you say uh, previously, there's some sparring, there's some kind of verbal, right. uh, you know, uh, attacks on on each other. Well, because this is the first time they've each met. Other up, yeah, each other up that's day, right, you know? that's right. It's all very polite. And it's a great, it's a great bait and switch because you think he's there to kind of size, um, size up Holden, but actually his, his motive is much darker than. That. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, he he he's already kind of made his mind up about Holden. Right. Uh, he, I think he's you know he's obviously in the same mould as uh, Professor Harrington. Obviously, exactly. They work together, and he must have known that. Right. Uh, so you know. He, he, you know, Professor Holden would have been a sort of bit of an understudy to, to Harrington. Right. This, you know, so, you know, he knows, he knows that, you know, a Holden needs to be got rid of. <laughs> right. Because he's going to turn up on this lecture and he's going to badmouth him as well and, you know, uh, talk down his cult. and Expose the cult. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what does he do? He slips him a piece of paper. He does. A famous piece of paper. Well, it's... film, anyway. Yeah, it's... Relative. Well, it is, because it's it's the MacGuffin that drives the whole plot. Mm-hmm. And it's a piece of paper with a load of runes on it. Yeah, sort of, you know, um, scanner Germanic runes. Right. And um, if you hand this damn thing, you're, that's it, mate. Your ticket's been booked. Yes, but... With a demon. But the thing is, yeah, uh, for some quirk, you have to be handed this piece of paper without you actually knowing that you've been handed it. Right, you have to it accept work. it. Yeah, 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 it doesn't work if you kind of if you've seen it or you kind of resist it. Like, or right. it has to be passed to it you. Has to be passed without, to you. without your knowing. Yeah. Um, well, I think you can know about it. You just have to accept it. Well, I think that's the debate. I, I, I think you, you, you you don't want it given to you. No, so you don't want it given to you. But if you accept it. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, you're done. that's the premise. But so yeah. that, but it's by deception. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, it's by deception because you'd have to be mad. Yeah, to take yeah, it. Hey, willing. No problem. No, no problem. I'll meet the fire demon tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, although the the irony is, he could have given it to him knowingly because he doesn't believe in all this. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so all the sort of subterfuge. because yeah. he drops a load of papers, doesn't he, and slips it in there. <clears throat> he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. Amongst his works. Yeah, and, and hands it back. Right, to him, and hands it yeah. back to him. But he could have just given it to him. And he would, you know. He might have taken anyway. Let me show you this. Here. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's that's our that's our hero been marked with, with the, the demon. Yeah. And there's a kind of little bit of a, a nod to that the change because um, Carswell starts walking down a, a corridor and uh, Harrington starts to see it all a little bit shimmery you now. Right. And, and sort of double visioned and it the, gets yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit weird. It's sort of shot in a very film noir, but I'd say film noir effect but with a kind of dreamlike element mm-hmm. um much in the same way that that tony Abe shoots london in this particular film which is often backlit artificially backlit and very dark and i think as you said like with specks of light mm. and it just creates a sort of dreamlike atmosphere and yes that is because he promises him later on in the film, he promises uh, like a week of you know mental degradation. He's you know as the week goes on, he's going to get basically crazier. Yeah, yeah, weaker, and, weaker, and, and yeah. all the rest of it. So uh, yeah, um, that's that, that's their first introduction. That is their first introduction, and um, I I mean we've got to talk about Narma Guinness as, as as Carswell, just brilliant, absolutely, yeah, perfectly cast. He's well, the thing is like. It would be so easy to 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 give this part to a villainous actor, quote. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not. He's kind of this sort of avuncular, you know. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe. Kind of semi, kind of administrator, kind of. Um, not, not your out and out aristocrat because it looks no. like he kind of bought his way or or, right. or, or or did a pact with the devil to get where he is. Yes, definitely. So he, he wasn't born with money, was he? No, he's not born with money, but he's he's got a certain charm to him. And he's an intelligent man, obviously. He's an intelligent a, 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 man. An inquirer. Yeah. Uh, he's ruthless. Yeah. But it's it's the exterior is, you know, it's fairly amiable. Mm, yes, you indeed. know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although they gave him, they gave him a great beard, this little like goatee, goatee, sat- satanic goatee. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like it just screams Satanist. I'll pay with in nineteen fifty-seven. Yeah, I'll totally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you used to bite him a mile away because <laughs> yeah, you know, like in those days, men were clean shaven. Yes, yeah, yeah generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, when you spot him with a little goatee, it's like, yeah, here we go, Alistair Crowley. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he's brilliant. He's great, he's, he's, and he makes a great foil to um, Daniel Andrews as Holden. Because Hol- the thing about Daniel Andrews, he is very straight. Mm. No. You know, that's just his thing. He's you know he's so he's the kind of yeah. Obviously, this film was going to America, so the lead was American. It's filmed mm. in UK, but clearly there's American money involved. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you have the you know the American lead. So yeah, it's the kind of no nonsense um, colonies type uh, American versus the uh, old world sophisticated Englishman type right. motif going on there. You know? Right, exactly. So there's there's a lot of sort of cryptic kind of you know me- you know ideas going on here. Um, but yeah, I think they make a great pairing. They, 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 uh, Dana Andrews, I think, is one of those actors that 
needed a good villain, honestly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, massively. I, I think so. I think that, let's say, he's he's not the most. You know, he wasn't a James Dean. He wasn't a Brando. wasn't a wasn't like a super charismatic actor. Mm. But he carried a film. He carried a scene. Quite, he could do that. But he needs a good foil, and he's got a great one in in uh, Neil McGuinness. I think. Yeah. You know, he's 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 one he's one of the actors you remember being in this film. I oh, certainly totally. Do. Totally. If he wasn't right, the film wouldn't be right. Absolutely. Yeah. It would it would fall over. So he's kind of got this sort of slimy charm. Yeah. Um, and um, so they they've met, and um, that's it. The clock's ticking now because he's been cursed. Yeah, he has. You know, and this is kind of the premise. Um, you've got a week to sort your, yourself out now. Yeah. Because unless he gets rid of the piece of paper, the demon's coming through. Yeah. Um, obviously, he doesn't know that. No, he doesn't. So he's going on a bit of a di- uh, discovery. So after after that meeting, um, I think Carswell actually, in his kind of... Um, his smart, oozy way smarmy niceness <laughs> uh, invited them down to the country yeah. he's got a nice big place down in Southampton I think it was and lovely big estate yeah a big proper country country pile there isn't it? you know great, great grounds the whole, the whole deal right and it's shot this whole sequence is shot it starts off beautiful sun I mean it's black and white but it mm. you know so, there's a lovely sunny day yeah sunny England you know country right. day sort of it's a, it's a sort of Idle yes. kind of thing yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. And then we see Carswell, and he's dressed like a clown, like a sort of tramp clown. Yeah, Charlie Caroli, 70s kind right. of nose and the makeup and the, right. and, and the battered top hat and all yeah, the whole deal. The whole deal. And he's entertaining a load of kids. And this is his kind of, you know, contribution to the to the community. It's basically, he, you know, his way of hiding in plain sight as a as a, as a devil worshiper, basically. Yeah, he's a, a, a member of the community. Right. There, there, there's a, there's an annual sort of uh, I don't know if it's May Day festival or something like that. So he does something for the village, you know, and puts on a show. Right. He's, he's a man of some means. He's, he's not he's not poor. So no. this this is you know this is uh, this is what you did back then. Yeah, and it's no financial consequence to him, and obviously it's good PR. Right. So this is what he does. This is exactly what it is. It's PR. Yeah, but it's a great image because we know he's an evil devil worshiper. <laughs> yeah, he's but here he's at the soft end of the scale. He's right. the you know, yeah, the, as I said the David Copperfield, the kind, <laughs> right. the kind of, you know, right. the, the trickster, the magician, yeah, yeah, yeah. that end of the spectrum, the sort of entertain entertainer, yeah, or a magician as entertainer. Um, yeah, like we used to get to school, like you know, and the, you know, right, right. pull the rabbit out of the hat type of right, thing. exactly. Yeah, that's 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 the angle he's going for. But it's a great visual image because they 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 kind of get to talking him and you know Andrew's in his, his typical fifties suit and um, nice suit actually right? and Carswell you know dressed in his clown outfit with his he's got his makeup on all the rest of it and you see his tone kind of shift from you know it starts off he's all jovial he's messing about with the kids but as you know as as as, as they're talking it kind of it it darkens. Yeah, so uh, they're talking, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Holden, he's basically saying, yeah, I, this is all very nice, but I'm still going to do the lecture. Right. I'm still, still going right. to expose you know, what, what you've been doing. Right. And, uh, Bear in mind, he's been marked already. He doesn't know. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't know that, really. 
Right. So, you know, he's like, no, I'm still going to continue on, but, you know, I, I can happily talk to you. Uh, and this is now starting to, you know, annoy Carswell, right. Julian Carswell. So he's, he's getting irritated now. Um, basically because, you know, he's just got up, he's reached, he's received a sceptical attitude from, 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 uh, from uh, right. Harrington. Again, uh, it's the sceptical versus the, the superstition, yeah. isn't it? Um, so he pulls a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Well, he gives him proof. Well, yes, he said, like, how, how, how can I, com- how to convince you? Mm. He sort of kind of half says to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the decision is made. <laughs> um, so what he does, Visually quite well, actually. He kind of makes a kind of gesture, just like you, when you've you know had too much uh, ice cream and it makes your nose cold. <laughs> you, pin, you pinch the top of your nose. Yeah. So he did that kind of gesture. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, there was no um, verbal. Uh, so no, it's obviously something no, it's no he, big show about it. No, so it's something he's done mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, uh, things all of a sudden take a change. It's, it's a bloody tornado turns up. Well... A storm, basically. A storm. A storm, basically. Yeah. Comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. I think that's really well done there. That so. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, excuse I me, believe. I think the fact that he doesn't make a song and dance about it, you know, the invocation is literally seconds. Just like He just like pinches his forehead and that's it, it's done. Yeah. I think, I don't know why, but that, that works so well. And it, yeah, this bloody storm turns up. Everybody's got to go running inside because it's, it's like, like people are falling over. It's like eighteen miles an hour, kind of gust of wind and lightning, and the whole the whole, the whole deal works. <laughs> Literally out of nowhere, and I mean Holden's not not impressed. And I, I mean films like this, I've got to say, where you've got a sceptic, it does demand a certain amount of patience from the audience because you're sitting oh, yeah. there going, "Oh come on, man!" It's obvious. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, whatever it's, you know it's just part of the deal isn't it but um it's a good trick yeah absolutely like like i say it's a bit uh, behind you pantomime thing you, you, a little you, bit you will you will know the right. audience knows but i i the whole this whole thing this whole scene is a lovely kind of transition from you know him as, as the sort of entertainer slowly yeah. slowly or or in or in mo- you know segments turning into the you know his true self yeah yeah he's, he's demonic demonic controlling self right because they go inside the makeup literally comes off i think the hat comes off he's slowly turning back into his, his true self and he's he's just basically like yeah you're, you're screwed mate i've i've cursed you you're done or yeah what are you gonna do about it yeah exactly I, I'm, I'm telling you what's gonna happen yeah uh you know your mental faculties are gonna weaken this yeah. is where he tells him that yeah uh, you're gonna start seeing things you're gonna doubt your own sanity Yep. And uh, yeah, you're going to be kind of at half out your mind, or start raving mad by the time you know, the week's end. When the, and that's when the demon will come, yeah. come to claim you, right? And of course, Holden doesn't believe him. Yeah, it's his hogwash, mate. You're, you're trying to psych me out. You know, I'm right. a ma- I'm a master of psychology. Right? <laughs> don't try and you know, don't try and kid a kidder. Right. Well, he is literally. Yeah, he's a, he's a doctor of psychology, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thinks this is all a distraction and and, and you know all that kind of thing. Um. Plot point: Peggy finds the book, the the, the secret book that nobody else has right, got. Right. Yeah. So I think in the diary of her, of her uh, late um, Professor um, Harrington uncle, um, there was um, clues about a, a cipher, yes, which will unlock the meaning of the book of demonology. Right. It's, it's basically yeah. It's 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 the unlock code for the runes. Yes. But the mysterious pages are missing from the mysterious book. 
Well, while, while they were talking, uh, Carswell and Holden, uh, I think, you know, uh, Joanna, she kind of sneaked into his um, library and yeah. tried to look. But those pages that were required were missing now from the book. Yeah. And Carswell was like, sorry, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm one step ahead of you. Oh, you got yeah, yeah, you, mate. Yeah, I, I, I've taken them out now because I've memorized them now. And I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't need them on paper anymore, right okay so right. you ain't getting them so sorry that's all locked in my brain yeah. there's he's, no way out for you I've about chest you he's he's, he's he's the only one with the the encryption key yes indeed yeah um and we get this great little scene with with carswell's mother he's this really kind of almost bumbling kind of you know almost like she's from a different film right uh, yeah 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 Totally unlike Carswell, and she says to him because she can sort of detect that you know things aren't going particularly well, things are you know bad things are happening, and she's you know and he kind of explains in a very roundabout way that he has to do things these things to protect the cult and to protect them, and she's saying, well if you're unhappy just give it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no, no, the devil don't take you know returns. Basically, no, no, no return policy. So. <laughs> But it doesn't, doesn't work like that, mother. No, and it's it's like she really isn't incredibly naive about what's willfully, I think, to yeah, a degree, because yeah. they do live rather well. A very nice lifestyle, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, she's probably not inquired too strongly where the money comes from. No, exactly. Yeah, you could, you probably could have asked before, but hey, hey whatever. Um, but it's a nice contract, and she does turn up later. She she plays an important role later on in the film, but from there. I think we go to uh, the rural scene. Right, okay. So, um, yes, uh, so Dr. Holden, he's on the case as well, even though he's a sceptic. Well, actually, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. I think this is where, isn't this where he and Joanna kind of, he goes to Joanna's place and they kind of mull over the That's correct. Yeah, yes, yes. So far. Uh, And that is where he realises... Dun, dun, dun. He's in possession of the runic piece of paper. Right, that's been passed. Yeah, that he was passed to uh, by Coleswell in the uh, in the British Library. Right, because we've got to reinforce this idea of this piece of paper. We've got to give it power. We? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a storm um, <clears throat> while they're sort of sitting down to dinner, uh, and as Holden takes out a card uh, to show um, uh, Joanna, uh, that's when the piece of paper. Flies out of his hand, right? Uh, flies across the room and tries to, you know, essentially move itself to, into the fire. Right, to, it tries to, to burn itself yeah, out of existence. Dissolve. Yeah, and then if that happens, your 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 goose is definitely cooked. There's no way of handing that back. Right, because we got to say, haven't we? That it's this piece of paper can be transferred to other people. Yeah, this is kind of the the promise and the threat. It's we know this is his only way out. Mm-hmm. For you know. By this point, I think we're kind of established, or this scene establishes the idea that it's all about this piece of paper, and that if he manages it to give, manages to give it to somebody else, they get the demon. Yeah, it's transferred across to them. Yeah, you know, and that, that is time scale, yeah. yeah. So that's that's we've got the MacGuffin explained to us, and the rules of the game basically established. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that scene, so, so they managed to so just quickly so. What stopped the piece of paper going into the fire <clears throat> was a, there was a fire guard a fire over, guard. over the fire. Yes. Back in the day, you fire guards, mate. Um, <laughs> well, it's a real fire, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, besides, yeah. That, <laughs> most people nowadays, they wouldn't know what a real fire is. 
so um, yeah, they used to have those things, fire guards, uh, and that's what prevented the piece of paper going into the fire. It's sitting there flapping yeah, desperately yeah, trying yeah. to get in. <laughs> it, well, it, it's quite a clever thing because it gives it a sort of sentence. Yeah, yeah life, uh, yeah, and energy to mm. it. Like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he managed to retrieve that after that scene there. Uh, so he knows something's up with this piece of paper, but he's still a skeptic. But, you know, things are getting weirder by the day. Um, yeah, I mean, he, well, he kind of gets irritated at this point because he's basically saying, look, what else can I do? What can I do? You know, I'm a skeptic. You want me to believe in all this nonsense? I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to suddenly turn into a, a scared little child and run away. So, again, we're establishing character and setting up the rules of the game. He is going to get tested even more um, because everything from now on is going to test him. Is scepticism. Um, and I think this is, I think from here we go to this great scene where he has to uh, go to a, a, a farm in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, he goes out into the to the wilds of the old country. Oh, man. And this, like, he meets this family and they're, they're like from like the 1700s or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely old, definitely old world people there. <clears throat> their, their, their farmhouse was, you know, an old farmhouse and sparse so barren yeah so so sparse that's it? the thing it's not like listen this is 1957 i'm quite prepared to believe they're isolated they were still isolated communities you know pre-internet pre this that and the other but it's just like they've got nothing and there's loads of them you know all right they might be isolated but people tend to decorate their houses in this place it's like nothing no, it's as somber as you could do. So, so somber. Um, but, you know, hey, that, that works. And he gets he gets such a cold reception. It's great. Because <laughs> he's trying to be polite. Yeah. So the reason he goes down there is that uh, they have um, a, a person uh, that uh, has had some experience of this uh, supposed demon, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which is, you know... Uh, Stretched his mind, or blown his mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's yeah, he's sent him to do lally, basically. No. Uh, unsurprisingly, but th- th- we uh, should say this is this is a guy they've got back at the, the mental hospital. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, now he happens to be a relation of the people that um, Doctor Harrington goes to visit. Uh, these, you know, sort of <laughs> old world people. Yeah. Uh, they're his relation, so he th- he needs permission. Right. Um, signed permission by a, a relative for them to be able to uh, practice hypnosis on him, right? Uh, on, on this man, and, and hopefully, sort of go back into his memories and relive the events and try and work out what actually was happening. You know, right. advancing the science of psychology. Right. So that 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 was his mission to go down there, right? It? And it's also a great way of establishing or reaffirming the idea that Holden is very much by the book. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, like he's, these he's guys would never know. He could do every experiment on the sun on their. They'd never know. These people have probably never been to a sea. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the impression you get. It's like they've probably never seen a motor car. Um, but you know, nevertheless, he goes down there to get this piece of paper, and they spot the rune, the piece of paper with yeah, the runes yeah, in it, yeah, yeah. and it's like, dude, you you ain't staying to dinner. No, you gotta go. Yeah, he's been cursed. Let no one speak to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut the door on him. There, no one, no one aid him. <laughs> well, and it also tells us like these people know too much. Yeah, obviously, yeah. There's, uh, there's been something going on with this this, this family. Um, mm. Well, so, they they recognise it all of them straight away. 
The rune, yes, straight away they know what it is. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've got clear knowledge of what was what, what that's all about. Right, which makes you question, like, what happened with their, you know, they don't explain this. I don't yeah, think that's they're, good. They're relative, yeah, yeah. You're, you're but, left in the dark as to yeah. what was going on there, but, and it gives it, you know, it does give it a sort of mysterious power. So yeah, from then, where do we go from there? So, uh, <coughs> um, did he meet up with? Peg? I think we go back to the city for a go bit. Back to, yeah, and then, um, then they go to the seance. Oh man, yeah, the the seance. <sighs> the seance. <laughs> I think honestly, um, there's a great film called uh, 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 What's it called? A uh, seance on a wet afternoon. This is probably that's probably the best film ever made about seances. This is probably the greatest scene about seances. Like, it's it's fantastic. It's exactly. it's so. Um, well, do you want to set it out for us? Well, <clears throat> obviously Holden is a skeptic. Very much so. Um, and uh, um, part of it, uh, it's coming out more so of a tradition of sort of table wrappers of the Victorian era, right. uh, the electro, uh, ectoplasm and all this type of stuff. That right, these aren't cultists. No, no. They, were, they were spiritualists. That's, that's a, that was the term for them. They're spiritualists, but they're really, I get. The, I got a feeling from this that they're, they're older people that have this weekly get-together and it's all very regimented and it's very ritualized, but really it's it's you know, it's their Sunday night out. It's their little weekly treat. Mm. And our little chubby little um spiritualist is as I think a lot of these people were back then, and probably even now, if it still exists as a thing, you know, he's got his little group and he's he's their entertainer really. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's he's he's. It's their night out at the theatre or night home at the theatre. Um, it's well practiced and you know, routine and all the rest of it, and it's just so well done. And that they start off. <laughs> well, there's three of them, I think. There's there's two women and and and. But um, doesn't 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 Carswell's mother? Turn up. She does. She's she's into this type of thing. She's herself. into this, which is really strange. But well, maybe, maybe yeah, it's a cultural thing. But she doesn't know the extent. That her well, son, that's that the, it's the disconnect between. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is funny. I like I like that idea, but it it does stretch believability a little bit. But yeah, so there's three. She's one of them, mm. um, or she gets whatever. I can't remember if she's actually there or if she she makes the contact or not. But there's two women anyway, yeah, and our there's, guy. There's a tall one who who's playing. Sorry, there's a tall one who was um, uh, with the with the music box. Right. So there's there's two women and and our and our spiritualist and the the, the tall the tall woman. She does this great thing. They start off the seance, and she puts on this record. I think it's a wind up. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she yeah. starts this singing, and this is like to to invoke the spirits. Yeah, the spirits like this one. <laughs> so good. And you go, you know, they, they start singing as well. Didn't they, they start singing. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just great, and um, because it's play, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's sort of endearing, really, in the sense that these people are harmless. And yes, I know, yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. This, but the full spectrum of spirituality, and this right, is this is right. the this is the harmless end. This is it's harmless. It, it's really just entertainment for them, and it's too easy to kind of berate on these people, yeah. in the sense. Yeah, uh, things were different in in, in back in the day. Right. Uh, sort of, we're, we're, I don't know whether they're saying that sort of the fifties or post-war is the 
bursting out of the the modern era as, right, it, as right, it were right. versus the pre-war with all the old traditions and right. and, and, and you say um uh what's it you know, speculations and and and, and superstitions and right. uh, but these things are age old yeah so they're ingrained in the they're society. ingrained and this is a fairly harmless way of dealing with it and like I say, I think the modern view on this, which is what Holden takes, he's not into this at all, is to look at this purely from a kind of spiritual, spiritualist point of view or spiritual point of view and be sceptical about it. And that's to me, that's missing the whole point of that. It's just a get-together. I think half this is mm-hmm. just theory. It's a get-together. It's, it's, you know, an old people's weekly entertainment and it's just a bit daft. And they probably know it. But it's their thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? But it turns out this chubby little guy is the genuine article because yeah. he starts speaking in tongues. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he basically invokes um, Professor Harrington from beyond. He does, he does indeed. Um, and he kind of warns them, doesn't he? He does. He gets managed to get a bit of a warning off before <clears throat> sort of something sort of chases him down. <laughs> well, it's, that's, you know, that's seances for you. Um and uh, yeah, I think he contacts a couple of other, about three or four. He contacts right, they lead a child, up to, yeah, and yeah. Like, some others that, that come through to him. Right. Well, you've got to have, you've got to have like you know, you've got to have the lead up, haven't you? Um, yeah, but Harrington is 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 uh, warns them, and, and Holden's not impressed. He, he thinks this guy is just a ventriloquist, like a charlatan. Yes, you know, this, this is just a routine and act. <laughs> you know, he says that yeah, fleecing people. This guy, no, no, he's, he's, he's not into this at all, but. So he gets up and leaves. He's had enough. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sitting, listen to this. No, no, he's he's actually well. He's actually quite insulted. I think that you know he's 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 descending to this level. <laughs> um, he wants to perform science. Damn it! Yeah, indeed. You know, and this this ain't that. Um, now, do they go from here to the police? I want to say it's around here, isn't it? <clears throat> right, so there's uh, things starting to happen, weird events, like when, as you said, um, he goes to his hotel after being dropped off, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and there's a great scene, isn't it? He gets up to the to, to the floor uh, in, from yeah. the lift or in the, the corridor, and yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's lit in this very almost well thriller like like film noir like, and it just puts you on edge, and you can see that he's on edge now. Yeah, it's sort of it's times marching on, and sort yeah. of if you like, sort of the the barrier between this world and the, and the world of the right. demon or, or whatever type right. of situation that that that's trying to invoke is getting is, is, you know he's getting thinner, so he's right. picking up more energy, some right. more weird stuffs happening. Right. He knows something's going on. Um, he still won't believe that it's you know it's supernatural. Mm. He's fighting it with every bone in his body. Because, I mean, you know, because he's like, well, yeah, it's Mister Rational. Come on, this, right. this is just, you know, uh, is there a group of people now? The cultists. So is Carswell and his supposed cult. Is it now just Carswell and his cult members that are ganging up right. on him? And, and, right. And, and so he can become, rationalize it away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it comes next, but there is a scene where they go to the police. It's around here somewhere, mm-hmm. and. The the importance of that scene isn't that they go to the police because the police are like, yeah, okay, but you know what? What do you want us to do? The importance of that scene is is actually where he sits with 
Joanna and explains to Joanna that he's had this obsession his whole life mm-hmm. as a child, going back to when he was a child, of skepticism. Of he he explains um, that he used to even as a child he would look around and wonder why people believed in this kind of baloney. So this is a lifelong deeply embedded this is his persona you know it's not just not casual his life's mission yeah exactly and you know i suppose you know coming writing this book and coming doing this lecture tour or whatever is you know it's the culmination of his of his life's work Hmm. um which is a great way of setting him up as like well you know that's gonna have to break at some point moment mate because you've only got he's literally like i think got two days left at this point yeah um, and he's clearly worried, but he doesn't know. He doesn't really understand why, does he? Yeah, things, events, you know, uh, vision, sounds, things that you know are, are becoming a little bit sort of out, out of the orthodox. Yeah. But he, he can't fathom. He can't put a rational, you know, clinical psychologist label on it. Right. Okay. So yeah. So it's it's, it's all unsettling. He but, can, he literally can't rationalise it. Yeah. Um, and I think from here we go. I think um, he he goes to. Well, they both drive to to Carswells, don't they? Well, uh, apparently Carswell. Um, yeah, he, he, <coughs> his cipher was there, or they went to look into the book, uh, the demonology book. So they tried to break into Carswell. Right. Had this great idea. Let's break into Carswell's house at night. At night, through the woods. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Um, well. You know, if uh, if there wasn't demons living in the woods, <laughs> it would be fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> Harrington, what he does, he gets out of the car, not near, not far from the entrance of Carswell's place, which is a big pattern, a long driveway up to the, right. to the actual house. Yeah, we've got to reiter- reiterate the fact that Carswell lives in a bloody mansion. Yeah. And um, so what um, Harrington does, he decides, okay, what I'll do, I'll... I'll, I'll Go around the sideway, which means going through the, going through the woods. Yeah, taking a detour of about sort of fifteen minutes through the woods uh, to come in sideways and into Carrington's property. Uh, sorry, uh, Carswell's property, and uh, try and find a way in. Well, he gets which, there. Which he, which okay, he does. Yep. He does. Uh, getting in not so bad. Yeah, getting out. <laughs> it's the getting out in one piece. I think doesn't he climb up the wall like a some uh, yeah some ivy or yeah. drain pipe and there was an upper floor window yeah. that was open uh, so he, he gains access to the house that way. I have to say this this whole section f- does feel a bit of a stretch for the character. I think like you know suddenly he's turned into a you know like a you know a pink panther. It's not terrible. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to rag on it or anything, but it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch for old Doctor Holden. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough person he is to do that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, for whatever, yeah. love or whatever with, you know, um, what's her name, Joanna? Joanna, yeah. Um, yeah, he decides to, he to, to go for it, it, really. Yeah. And But there's, there is some great scenes where he's creeping about, you know, at, at night and um, beautifully shot. Very well, yeah. The cinematography, like you say, the contrast it was, mm. it was great. It kind of... Invokes again to me. There's a bit of Hitchcock going on here with with the way he shoots the some of the interiors, with the perspective is a bit kind of skewed and uh, all that kind of thing. So it really adds to it. And uh, <coughs> as you just said, yeah, very much so. I, I saw that um, in uh, Carswell's study 
where um, Harrington finally sort of makes him his way to because that was the that, the place he was that's trying where to he's going to go, isn't it? Yeah, uh, gets himself in there, and uh, <laughs> there's a cat like a normal house cat, right? But um, mm. gets it gets a little bit interesting after that, doesn't it? it well, it turns into a panther or, or some, <coughs> something like that. Yeah, so he goes to to to, to look for this cipher book or whatever. Uh, one minute there was a cat, <laughs> next minute there's not a cat. Yeah, the cat has now morphed into a, a black panther. Yeah, that's eyeing him up basically, and then just jumps on him. He just well, he's attacked. Uh, he's by, attacked by he's attacked by panther. And the thing is, like now, I've seen a million scenes like this where you've got an actor struggling with a dummy. Yeah, you know that's supposed to be attacking. Them. Yeah. This is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the best, but it's better. It's pretty one. good. Yeah. It is pretty good. I think that's a lot harder to do than most people realise. Yeah, massively. Yeah. I've seen it done many times poorly. <sighs> exactly. And really, I mean, you know, a lot of it's down to the editor and the director, but an awful lot of it is the actor. You've got to sell the idea, but not oversell it, mm. you know? And... Uh, yeah, I mean, quite a good job. With that, it yeah. was pretty good. I was kind of convinced, um, but it, you know, it's all an illusion. It's it's magic. <laughs> this is Carswell up to his his, his his tricks. So yeah, basically, then after all the ruckus, uh, Carswell bursts in. Ruckus. Yeah, and um, basically, uh, you know, gets back to his oily self and just <laughs> you know informs him that sorry, informs him that uh, you know. His cat Grimalkin, I think he called him. Yes, <laughs> that is a great. If you yeah, yeah. listen, if you're in a cultist and you've got a cat, yeah, yeah Grimalkin, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's not you can't, so, you can't be Tibbles or anything. No, no Tibbles, no, no, can't, yeah, yeah, Pebbles, Grimalkin. He's got you got to give it a good name, and he's kind of he's kind of. So you set him up as a trap, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, as, yeah. As a kind of as, as a safeguard to, to guard his library. And I, it's, again, it's, you know, I know there's a sort of international thing going on here, but it's very kind of English. He's a very English villain because he's just slightly annoyed with him. <laughs> he's broken into his house, you know, mm. and the other one, you know, he's he's cursed him to, you know, be killed by a demon. But it's all very, pol it's kind of yeah. polite. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of civilised. Yeah. yeah, civilised, suave, evil. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, so so it's, when the light comes on, it turns back into a cat, right? It? Yeah, and that's right. a kind of like our bit again. The, the skeptic is fighting the, the right. The, Was the it the an reality, illusion? Yeah, the reality that he's experiencing. Right. So it's, you know, he, he's starting to doubt, but you know, he's trying to hold on to his kind of rationality, isn't he? Right. Well, it's about to get worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's got to leave now. Yeah, Carswell does decides not to call the police. Right. So um, you're you're done for anyway so whatever yeah, you know yeah. you, you go home you uh, I'd, I'd advise you to go out the front <laughs> yes yeah. he does he tells him doesn't he you mm. don't want to go through the woods don't go through the woods yeah. <laughs> and he's like I'm going through the woods I, that's the way I came <laughs> that's that's the way I'm going that's, that's, I, have a, I have a rule about that yeah and I thought that was pretty that was pretty weak because it's like why <laughs> they don't give him a good enough reason I think listen I love this film but I just thought that was a bit like come on yeah, a bit hard-headed nonsense. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going through the woods, damn it. Yeah, it's yeah. like the cars, anyway. He goes through the woods and... Oh, dear. So, yeah, so this is really the first time uh, that you start to get the build-up of the, of the demon coming. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. it happened in the beginning, but you see that sort of very briefly, and it sets up. You're not quite sure what was happening at right, that time, right, right. but now you kind of a bit more into the film. You know what you know what, what's going to what's, right. what's happening. But yeah, um, the de- they say the demon doesn't really disappear, does he? Sort of, you can hear there's noises, there's uh, you know uh, light, and then you know there's a, a gradual materialization. Right, it's it's a lot of shining light and cloud and and footsteps and all this kind of thing. Um, it's building up, and you do get a sense of his panic. I think mm, mm. you've been chased by by something in the woods. It's sort of tangible as you can feel it, yeah, but you can't see it. No, but then you, there's a good shot in the woods where you know it's something not right. He starts to run. Now, yeah, he's it? like, no, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm skeptical or not. I'm, I'm getting out. GTFO. I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm gone, man. <laughs> and then the, the the demon starts coming, but you don't see it. You just see its foot impressions. The, the, the classic footprints. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah it was well done. It was well done. So it, when yeah. I was little, yeah, that was quite impressive. When I was Listen, as a kid, this spooked the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And it, and I have to say as well, um, it had a repu- Even then, I was aware of its reputation. Right. You know, um, it's one of those films that when it came on, people would like talk about it. Oh, yeah, this, you know. The classic, the classic, um, and yeah, you can. I can still see why, because it it just has atmosphere. Yeah, it totally. oozes atmosphere. Yeah. This movie, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting of we're rushing towards the end now. Um, we've kind of got one before the finale. We've got really one major scene, which is with um, Barclough. Yeah, Mister Barclough. Yeah. <laughs> now that is an obscure reference for anybody outside the UK. Mm-hmm. So we should explain. Um, there was a sitcom. In the seventies, yes, in the seventies, yeah. um, about a uh, prison, British prison, and HMP Slade. That's the one. Uh, Porridge, it was called. Yes, brilliant show, great show. Which is a, which is a, a slang for doing time. Which porridge. is a UK slang because the thing is, like, prison slang is completely different between America and mm. you know. I don't think they have old lags and all that thing, kind of thing. It's totally different. But anyway, it was a sitcom. It was a really funny show, and mm. there was a there was a, a prison guard in it. Who's a very soft touch? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, um, a wonderful character called and uh, named Mister Barraclough. That's right. Yeah, classic. Right, a, a absolute classic. Now I don't really remember him, this actor, in anything else. Me neither. Really. So when he turns up in this as a younger man, it was like it was a bit, you know, it 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 throws you a little bit because I, I recognise him instantly, but he's not playing. <coughs> yeah, he's not playing a a, a, a prison guard. He's no, he's he, he is the relative that went doolally, right? Of the uh, the yokels, yes. Um, and they bring him. They basically they transport him, don't they? They you see the the ambulance. So his mind's kind of retreated, so he doesn't speak. He, no. he doesn't move. He's, yeah, he, no, he, he's he don't do much of anything. He's basically in, you know a, a coma. And say so that his brain basically did that to cope with the trauma that right. he experienced, and uh, they they literally have to transport him from the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah, yeah. to this conference, and this is where you see a few of these professors and doctors that we've seen earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. This is part of their, I have to say, slightly dodgy um, yeah, so gathering, sort of almost that sort of Victorian era, really did. era type yeah. of medical experiment type thing. Because it's again, it's the way it's lit. It's kind of shadowy with the sort of few bright lights on the stage. I thought it was quite eerie, actually. Mm-hmm. 
The whole atmosphere yeah, of that. This whole sort of panel seating area of, of academics right. looking on this scene, this poor sort of victim type. I, that had to be deliberate. Mm. It, it it really did. And it's very, very atmospheric. And they they basically um, wake this poor bugger up. So, it, yeah, so from, doctor, his, from, from his trance. So, yeah. so Dr. Holden, obviously, is a clinical psychologist. Right. So they use uh, hypnotism, don't they? They do. Which, uh, you know, we're talking 50, so, so hypnotism as a thing was still kind of fairly new to the public right. in, in many ways. Right, right. right. Uh, yeah, in, in a scientific kind of uh, purpose, yeah. But they, they wake him from his, his, his you know, slumber, um, madness-induced slumber, and he just goes apeshit. Well, they start questioning him about, uh, you know, who and what, what happened. Yeah, and he basically tells him that you know the true. Are we a member of the true faith? You know, right. which basically sees a Satanist, right? Yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, um, he was part of Carswell cult, probably. Uh, and um, yeah, he's obviously done something to to annoy the leaders or whatever, and they passed him the rune. Yeah, right. he got but, his own piece of paper. But he got his own, and he was obviously you know going getting doolally towards near the end, but. He basically uh, found out that he's got the rune, and he knew who passed him the rune. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was by hook or by crook he was able to slip this rune back to the person that gave it to him in the first place. Right, because yeah. it is a death sentence. Yeah, totally. Yeah, whoever's holding that, you know, <clears throat> the demon's coming for you. So he managed to slip that back to the person that initially gave it to him. And I think he might have been there when the actual demon came for this person. I think he was, yeah. yeah. I think he witnessed it. Witnessed, just to send him, you know, insane. Just, what is the deal with these cultists? You know, they bring out Cthulhu and then they're shocked when, you know, they get eviscerated. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah he, 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 it all comes back to him and he <laughs> um, doesn't react well, does no, he? No, doesn't, no, no. His no. mind shattered, his already shattered mind just it sort of implodes on itself. So he's just paranoid, doesn't he? He thinks that, you know, they're, they're there to kind of like, Hand him this, uh, another piece of rune paper, or, right. or you know, send him to the, to meet this demon. So he gets loses his mind. He runs out the nearest window, doesn't he? Throws himself out the window, yeah, just like you know, two stories up. Well, it's a, it's and a it, great scene for upping the tension. Yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, because again, we're getting near the end here, and this is all again. It's all a pre you know, it's all kind of preview of what we have got in store for Doctor Holton. Um, although you know, he's he's he's, he's Last out better than this chat than Barraclough, but nevertheless. Um, and yeah, I think we, we pretty much go from there to the final showdown. Yeah, because <clears throat> on the following day after this, you know, horrific episode happened with, uh, you know, Mr. Barraclough, um, you, you know, they, they have to do this conference. It's the day of the conference. Right. It turns right. out to be the day that, uh, you know, um, Holden's supposed to die. Yeah. So... Um, it's a very specific hour. Yeah, it's, it's like ten o'clock. Mm, mm. Apparently Not twelve, but ten. No, apparently demons are you know quite punctual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got a, a timetable. They got other things to do. Well, I guess. Um, yeah, so he's got the day to you know to, and you do get a you get a sense of this doom because you've seen it. You know it's coming, ooh, ooh, ooh. and he's, well, he's powerless. Kind of, he's kind of seen it as well, hasn't he? Like, he, like, yeah. he has now. Yeah. So you can't, you do kind of get this sort of death sentence, uh, death row kind of feel to, to to that whole sort of day. So in a way, there's a kind of switch that's happened. So shadowing him is is causal, really, because he wants to, 
you know, make sure that he's still got this, um, you know, this runic paper. Right. Um, right. But also, he wants to get away now. Once he's kind of satisfied that that uh, that Holden's still got this piece of paper. Right, uh, because we the thing is, we have to reiterate that he's doing this not just because he's evil. But it's because Holden is a threat. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to expose what, right. who and what he is, basically. Right. So, um, yeah, so he's met his, met his match here, obviously. Right. Uh, so he's trying to get the last train home to Southampton now. He wants to get away from uh, Holden uh, right. now because, you know, the demon's coming. So he doesn't want to be anywhere near him now. So, you know, he's, he's done his scouting. He's, he's okay, right. He's, he's got his paper, right. Um, you know, let, let's go now. Yeah. So he tries to get on a train. But Holden, you know, <laughs> being a dogged kind of individual that he is, he, he, he's like, oh, I don't have anything, bro. I'm not having this. I'm going to find out where you are. Right? Yeah. So he managed to find out that he was going to get the last train home. Yeah. yeah. And dashes to 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 to, to meet, meet the train and, and and get on the same train as uh, as as Julian Carswell and the same carriage. Well, he kind of goes along, doesn't he? <laughs> but uh, unbeknownst to him, that the uh, the plot they're a bit slow on the uptake. Right. Right. But they actually have been sending They've someone been to, follow, them, follow, yeah. to follow to follow to uh, follow. What's his name? Um, Carswell. Car- not, not Carswell. Um, oh, uh, Holden. Holden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been involved in a couple of murders here, like, you know, right, around you. So, right. you know, we'd actually be treating you as a little bit suspect. Right. Well, so. <laughs> you, you probably would, wouldn't you? So, yeah. So, they all converge on the train, don't they? They do. In the same carriage. So, that, this is a kind of bit of a final show, doesn't it? So It is, yeah. Holden finds that carriage where, where, where um, what his name is. Well, it's a wonderful idea. It's a great idea because it's like, all right, you've cursed me. You give uh, you've invoked a demon that's going to come and rip my face off. I'm going to stick next to you, mate. <laughs> like glue, literally touching knees. Because if it comes for me, you're going to get it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Carswell doesn't know what to do about it. He's, he's like, man, I've seen this thing in action. I don't want to be anywhere near you when this thing comes. Like, you know, so yeah, he's trying to keep the, the this kind of stiff upper lip kind of in control. He's, kind of pa- he's but pooing he, himself. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really scared now. <laughs> and, then, and there's this great thing where he keeps trying to pass him things, You're right, yeah, like yeah, cigarettes yeah. and stuff, and he doesn't want to touch anything. It's like yeah, he's, he's all these excuses. Yeah, yeah, he's setting him up because he, he well, the last thing obviously he wants is that is that runic paper. Yeah, I want the paper. Yeah. It's, it's a great scene. It's a brilliant scene because it's almost comic as well. And it's tense because you know what's coming. Mm. And it ain't good. So, yeah, then the, they're having a little um, sort of showdown and then and then the, the actual um, police, they turn up, don't they? Plot turn up, yeah. 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 And it's through that kind of confusion. Yeah, because Carswell's out there. He's like the first chance. The door's get open. I'm from, out. Get, like. get, get away from this man. Like, he's trying to hold me against my will. Like, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and then he, he hands him his coat, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. And he slipped the paper in the coat pocket. Ah, <laughs> you dastardly, tricky man, you. And then he's like, oh, here we go. And then he realises, does he take the coat? Yeah. And he, yeah. Oh, and he, and he pulls, pulls it. Pulls he looks it and, he, and the paper runs Ooh. away like before, yeah. like when it tried to get in the fire. Yeah, so it's a great scene. Uh, it's travelling down the carriageway, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, and he's like on the chase now. Well, the, the thing is, it times up anyway. Mm. He ain't going to be able to give it to anyone. You know, it's literally like 9.55 oh, yeah, exactly. or something. So desperate he's got to try and grab it and at least have a chance to hand it to somebody, anybody. And this is the scene I remember uh, from watching it as a kid, the the, the final. Because um, you, you're you're primed for this by now. Mm. Yeah, you know? And it's this whole chase, it's kind of a chase scene where he gets off the train and it's, you know, it's that whole, again, the, the, the 
deep black of the night lit you know with the, the the lights from the train and the train station and he's running for his life while this thing starts to come out from the mist yeah well he's chasing down the piece of paper right, right. He's chasing it along the tracks isn't right. it that it's kind right. of like he's running to right. you know a good shot away into the distance right. so running right. for this thing he gets to it but then just as soon as he gets his hand it, it kind of spontaneously combusts it because time's up time's up and then all of a sudden <laughs> this further down the tracks he starts hearing some noises yeah. and there's some sort of uh, atmospheric changes and uh, you know light and yeah. um, you know billow of smoke yeah. ensues yeah and then he realizes and then it comes for him yeah so he's now <laughs> heading 180 and he's heading trying to run back trying to, to run back to, to the, the train yeah. station come on man that's just not going to help you <laughs> and uh yeah well We'll, we'll leave the final scene of what happens <laughs> to you, but um, I'm sure you can imagine it, it didn't work out too well for one party. And the thing is, they show it. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah, which usually they don't a lot of the time, do they? It's well, I, th- I mean, you know, we're... we're the money well, shots. Yeah, I mean, 57, this is... I wonder. It's a, it, I know it sounds like a weird reference, but you've got to think, like, when did Godzilla come out? You know, that kind of, it's it's late 50s, early 60s, yeah. So we're still pre-Godzilla, mm. I'd say. Yeah, so, yeah, English people wouldn't have known about that. Yeah, and, you know, that kind of model work um, is fine when it's in isolation, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to give the ending away, although it's bloody obvious. Um, but the evis- let's just say the evisceration is actually quite graphic. It's very brief, mm. and you kind of see it from a distance. But they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, they, they, you get the money shot, mm-hmm. um, which sort of surprised me. Um, and then that's it, you know, typical of, of, you know, horror and sci-fi. It's like, that's it, you're done, you're going. Yeah, there's, the a, end. There's, a, there's an image. <laughs> there's an image, actually. Uh, say that, uh, or actually when um, it actually shows the face of the demon. Oh, yes, the classic shot. And that's, that's, a, that's a, hey, kids, this is an, that's an all-time classic, uh, you know, Horror, sort of, yeah, it's a very iconic yeah. image, just like they show you the ones of um King Kong yeah. looking, looking through the looking through the window right. of the apartment when he's climbing up the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the monster is it's kind of interesting because they, they've gone for I can't think of another movie monster that looks quite like it, mm, yeah, not really, but he's huge and fire breathing and terrifying with these massive claws, and you buy into it, you know, it's. But I honestly think the power of of the demon, the monster, is 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 the approach. Stalking you. Yeah, it's like this is what I again what I remember is this is the way he appears and you know comes from comes from you directly from afar. Mm. This sort of beam of light, you know. Yeah, it's coming from his nether world. Yeah, uh, he's breaking into our reality. Right, and, right. Yeah, and he's, 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 he's tracking you down. He's coming, and it's some fifty foot thing. <laughs> you're never going to get away from right it. and i think as well there's a sense of speed there's a sense of this monstrous thing coming at you you know at great speed unnatural speed mm. you know he doesn't plod along like godzilla does he no no he's, he's got a fair bit of pace yeah he, he's making a beeline for right you. right yeah, he's yeah. like he's coming on the wind kind of thing you know mm. And that's the, that was to me when I first saw that was the terror. It's like, oh, gee, this is because he's coming at you, you know, fifty miles an hour, and it's, you know, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of it. They wrap it up pretty soon after that. They do, yeah, yeah. Um, 
There's no more to be said. No, not really. <laughs> I think if you watch that, you, you have definitely seen a, a, a classic um, old school <clears throat> Um, above B made B oh yeah, yeah. B grade movie uh, hor- uh you know horror film really I can't think of a from the fifties mm. um this kind of movie I can't think of a, there may be scarier films but monster movies uh, I can't I really can't think of, of of one that had this kind well, of well, scare factor yeah scare factor well cast I thought as well yeah 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 uh, and brilliant cinematography yeah yeah from brilliantly a, from, directed from a, from a great director. Yeah. Um, if anybody listening to this has not seen it and is, you know, open to black and white horror movies and you haven't seen it, what, what are you doing? Go and see it. Go, go and watch it. Give it, yeah. give it, give it, a, give it a look. Definitely. Yeah. You will die, as I said, at 10 o'clock on the 28th of this month. Your time allowed is just three days from now. Skeptical? Don't make up your mind till you see this masterpiece of macabre magic. Because, after all, evil supernatural creatures really do exist. Right, so that was uh, that was Night of the Demon. Good one, Vincent. It was very good. Yeah, great movie. So, um... It's quite exciting. This what what film we got next week? Um, no, sorry, Vincent. What film we got next week, Vincent? Ah, my dear listeners, next week promises to be an electrifying experience as we venture back to the 1980s in all its colourful glory. Join us for the 1988 supernatural slasher, Death Spa. Prepare yourself for a gory and spine-chilling soiree as Death Spa beckons you into a world of macabre delights and fiendish surprises that shall both amuse and terrify okay so Despar have you seen this one oh I have not no nobody has <laughs> okay that's why we're watching well, it well, well that's a good enough reason uh, no it's 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 a good fun little uh, 80s slasher we haven't done a slasher movie yet mm. okay um, and this is one of more famous ones and it's just a bit of a shame but uh, yeah we'll, we'll get to that so um, I guess we'll, we'll say goodnight for now okay goodnight for now And um, say goodnight, Vincent. Until we meet again under the pale moonlight, my dear friends, sweet nightmares. Thank you for joining us for another mind-bending episode of The Cinefreak Show. Remember to visit us at cinefreakco.uk. And don't forget to send in your feedback to Gary at cinefreakco.uk. This has been a Cinefreak production, your favorite for all things weird and wonderful in the world of classic cult cinema. Good night, carbon-based life forms. Thank you.